Hello, and welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Erin Hallstrom. On today's episode, we're talking with Tactile's Kelly Malone about the realities of mixed reality. Mixed reality is a term that applies to both augmented reality and virtual reality. And while AR and VR are not necessarily new, how manufacturers are able to use these tools on their plant floor is... During this episode, we're talking about how manufacturers are able to use mixed reality to train their frontline workers, enhance productivity, improve inspections, onboard new employees, and so much more. You won't want to miss this episode. And special thanks to the sponsor of this week's podcast, Yamato. Yamato is celebrating over 100 years of weighing. Yamato's century-long success can be attributed to their core business value, innovation through automation. Yamato Corporation's team of experts integrate automatic weighing and filling solutions into food processing facilities throughout North, Central, and South America. Find your next weighing and filling solution at yamatoamericas.com. Kelly, welcome to this Food for Thought podcast episode. How are you doing today? Great. Yes, thanks for having me. Yes, really excited about what we're going to talk about today. So really easy question right out of the gate. Can you walk us through what or who Tactile is? Absolutely. So Tactile is a software developer um, commonly known as an independent software vendor. And we create applications and solutions that target frontline workers and aiding frontline workers. If you think about those of us that are desk jockeys, we've had productivity tools in front of us for you know, over 30 years now. Those Microsoft Office tools, email, things like that. And our frontline workers really haven't had access to those types of digital productivity tools. But now with the advent of things like spatial computing, mobile devices, um, you know, ubiquitous data connectivity, things like uh, 5G, we're now able to bring that digital productivity capability to frontline workers. And so that's what we focus on. One of the products that Tactile has is its Manifest platform. Can you explain a bit about what Manifest is and how companies have been using it? Definitely. So Manifest is our flagship product, and Manifest is really used to do a a, a few things that really well. So one is um, capturing step-by-step work instructions. And we capture those from subject matter experts. And when we're talking about subject matter experts, we're talking about the workers who know how to operate, maintain, repair the infrastructure and the machinery within the organizations that they work within and, and, and the processes associated with that. So it doesn't require specialists like people who know 3D CAD or programming. Uh, And so in that way, we're able to capture step-by-step instructions. They can include pictures and videos, but more interestingly, they can also include spatial indicators overlaying 
uh, you know, 3D digital ink or pointers within the real-world environment over the top of that real piece of equipment, or in the classroom over the top of what we would refer to as a digital twin of that equipment. That data is then made available to other folks within the organization, operators and trainees, who can then follow those step-by-step -step instructions. So that content then, um, you know, not only was it captured and organized and structured, but now it's made available to other, uh, let's, let's say, lower-skilled or unskilled workers, or, or perhaps they're skilled workers, but they just don't perform those procedures as often. They now have access to that content, and they can uh, review and follow that content, and then they can apply that content. And as they apply the content, they aren't just following the step-by-step -step instructions. They can also create content. They can do things like add evidence. So if you think about an inspection, for example, which is a step-by-step -step procedure to, let's say, check a manufacturing line between shifts, not only can they follow the instructions for uh, checking that manufacturing line, but they can leave evidence. They can take pictures. They can flag faults. They can identify evidence that would then kick off another business process to perhaps do routine maintenance or uh, break, fix, repair as an example. In addition to the platform being able to work with these stored work instructions, the platform also includes the ability to dial out for assistance. So connect with a live remote expert that can see through the eyes of the operator as they're working and interact with their environment and help them overcome a problem or troubleshoot an issue um, if the step-by-step -step instruction doesn't cover that. So um, the platform includes those capabilities. It also has the ability to display live data, what we would say is like uh, Internet of Things data, sensor data, SCADA system data, for example. So that operator can view information about that machine, whether it's on what its RPMs are, pressure, temperature, et cetera, and they can visualize that in their heads-up display and we can even create rules around those, those metrics, those meters, if they are outside of acceptable parameters. And so if the temperature is too hot or the pressure is too high, the um, operator will see an alert, and then they won't be able to proceed with the step-by-step -step procedure because it's unsafe until they rectify that issue, and then they're able to move on. So our audience is primarily manufacturers. Can you walk me through how some of the manufacturers and or manufacturing organizations you partner with have been using the Manifest platform? Certainly. Yeah, there are a number of great use cases that manufacturers are using. I just mentioned one, actually. So we, we have a manufacturer who uses the platform. One use case is to perform inspections. And so they will inspect the uh, line in between shifts um, that's a very common uh, use case that the platform is well suited for. But let, let's go back, perhaps take a step back and look at folks who are using it for training. So we have a, a manufacturer in the Midwest who is using Manifest for onboarding. And they've been able to take what was traditionally three weeks of classroom training with new hires, and they've been able to reduce that down to three days. So they put them in the classroom for three days, and then with the manifest mixed reality work instructions, they're able to put them out on the plant floor 
and they can become familiar with the equipment and learn how to operate the equipment and, um, and learn specific manufacturing processes using the tool. So uh, that training both in the classroom but then on the job is really critical and that's one of the key use cases. Of course then uh, the inspections as I mentioned, but also the operations of uh, performing um, routine maintenance on a piece of equipment, so following the step-by-step -step guidance to, uh, to perform that routine maintenance that's required, and also, as I mentioned, the live remote assistance, so calling back to that expert. Some manufacturers are even embedding Manifest into the products that they're selling downstream to their clients. So we have equipment manufacturers that sell their equipment to other manufacturers or other um, clients, and instead of just sending the, you know, the document of the you know, owner's manual, if you will, and operating instructions, they're also providing the augmented work instructions as part of that solution. And they're even extending their services capabilities so they can provide live remote assist in a mixed reality environment to that end customer as a, a premium offering. I want to touch upon the, the workforce training element for a bit. Because it sounds like, and I know from checking out the Tactile website and uh, the great stuff you guys are doing, augmented reality training for the workforce. I'm fascinated with this. Why do you think, or in your opinion, why has this become such a necessity? Great question. And I think there are a, a few trends, a few elements that are really driving this. One is something that is commonly referred to as the silver tsunami. The baby boomers are, uh, as a generation, are well into retirement age. And so we have a lot of our skilled workforce is actually retiring. And as they are retiring, they're taking that knowledge and understanding and that expertise of how the infrastructure and how the, the um, equipment and processes are um, are, are done, and then they're just basically taking that institutional knowledge with them. So, um, so we have that, that challenge. At the same time, the work environment is getting increasingly complex. We're adding more sensors. We are automating more. So that work environment is also becoming more digitized in many ways. And then we have the challenge of the incoming workforce. The incoming workforce is um, one, they're not necessarily coming into the jobs as skilled in, let's say, core frontline skills or in the trades. Um, so there are fewer folks going into trade schools, or I should say coming out of trade schools. Um, and so therefore, they don't necessarily have those trade skills. However, these incoming workers are digital natives, and they do have an expectation in terms of certain digital tools uh, being made available, and they have a certain affinity for using digital tools. Um, another factor for the incoming workforce, though, that, that's important to note is that um, they're not coming in at the same rate as folks are retiring, and they're not staying in their jobs as long as they used to. So their tenure is shorter. And this puts a lot of pressure on an organization to both maintain their level of productivity, but at the same time, onboard new employees at a, uh, in an efficient way. And so this is one area where mixed reality or augmented reality really uh, can help out because it becomes a force multiplier. Um, 
that organization that now doesn't, you know, is, is, has fewer um, uh, experts to rely upon to train the incoming workforce can now utilize mixed reality as the tool to help onboard and train those folks. And that expert can then stay more productive or they can train many more, they can support many more trainees at the same time in bringing the, that, that lower skilled or uh, underskilled workforce up to speed. How has COVID-19 impacted the adoption of this kind of technology? Well, as you know, with COVID-19, uh, people stopped um, traveling. Is one you know we weren't permitted to travel, so that was one uh, key area that accelerated the adoption of this technology. Um, because you know when a piece of equipment would break down or um, an issue needed to be dealt with, historically. Uh, the technicians would get on an airplane, they would fly to the destination, and those experts would then perform the work in person. Using mixed reality, especially with the remote assistance, the remote expert capabilities, um, now they're able to stay in one place, operating on a device that they have at hand, let's say that's a PC or it could be a tablet, and they can reach out to an operator that's at the equipment that may not have their same level of skill, but they can still work through that individual to troubleshoot and to resolve problems because with that person at the piece of equipment, uh, having a, a mixed reality enabled device in hand, whether that's a head mounted device or a tablet, uh, they can guide that worker uh, they, so they can assess the, the, the situation and then they can guide that worker towards the resolution. So that's one, one area. Very similarly, we were also social distancing required that fewer people were permitted into the, um, into the office or onto the plant floor. And again, this, in a, this remote expert capability permitted folks to support uh, operators remotely from, you know, even if travel wasn't required, just from their home offices to support the folks who were on the, on the shop floor, if you will. Uh, add on to that the ability to follow step-by-step, -step, um, you know, stored work instructions. Uh, that also reduced the need to have that second supervisor or observer available because that operator had the, the assistance that they needed to get through a complex task or procedure. So using AR or mixed reality for training may seem a little cutting edge for some. For an organization that's maybe slower to adopt this kind of technology, and we all know that there are some, what are some of the selling points to help them understand the relevance? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good question, and I think that, one, I think that it's a bit of a misnomer to think that, you know, this augmented reality or mixed reality is bleeding edge. Um, it's actually been around for a while, and it's been, um, you know, we're now into the third generation of mixed reality headset devices, and we're even further down the road in terms of mobile and tablet devices. So, um, so I think from a device perspective, the space is maturing. Now, just like any 
technology, you know, the gadget, if you will, over time they get smaller and they get more capable. And we do expect to see that happen as time goes on where these head-mounted devices will get more, the form factor will get smaller and, and more comfortable. But that said, the devices that we have today are extremely capable and we are deploying them into operational use with great results today. So, um, so I think it's important for folks to understand that. That said, it's also important to emphasize the fact that this capability is available on devices that people already have in hand today. You can operate these solutions in a browser running on your PC or on the mobile devices and the tablet devices that we're already carrying around within the workplace. So I think that's another critical area to, to, to focus on is that you don't have to start with the most sophisticated head-mounted devices. You can actually start on the mobile device. So I'm curious, especially on behalf of our listeners who maybe their interest is piqued, who is it that's doing the contacting and setting up the demos um, between the manufacturers and your teams? So like HR departments, plant floor managers, who uh, – this is kind of the who question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, – yeah, we have, you know, typically – uh, it's no one group that's, that's driving it. Um, I, I would say a couple years ago, it was the, you know, the innovation team within IT that was really kind of driving a lot of this. And we still have some of that where the, where the uh, IT group is looking at you know, their digital transformation objectives and how can they apply augmented reality, virtual reality, you know, immersive technologies to um, assist. But we're seeing also now the business uh, leaders of the, you know, operational leaders also look to this technology because they have such a need to get their staff um, either trained on an ongoing basis uh, up to speed, but also, you know, just continual um, enhancement and improvement of operations. So, uh, so we see a lot of folks at the operational level, uh, you know, director of operations, if you will, um, assistant plant managers, plant managers uh, having interest in this technology. We're also being brought in, interestingly enough, uh, through, in, in many cases, on the investment side. So um, we've been brought in to, from uh, private equity firms into their portfolio, for example. So they've seen something successful in one business that's within their portfolio, and now they want to introduce this technology across other organizations within their portfolio to replicate that success. And so I, I think that um, we're seeing both bottoms-up adoption as well as top-down adoption. That's great to hear. So last question for you, if a manufacturer uh, were considering going this route and wanted to get in touch or learn more, how could they go about doing so? Well, of course, they can go to our website uh, to get more information. That's tactile.com, T-A-Q-T-I-L-E.com. Uh, feel free to reach out to me directly uh, at Kelly Malone at tactile.com. That's, um, I should say it's Kelly.Malone at tactile.com, K-E-L-L-Y dot M-A-L-O-N-E at T-A-Q-T-I-L-E dot com. Um, and I'd be happy to uh, either answer 
your inquiries directly or refer you to somebody in our organization that can help you out. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the Food for Thought podcast with me today. It has been an absolute pleasure. everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.